Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer. Right over there today, Indiana's new abortion law starts kicking in some brand new restrictions uh the uh, only exceptions or exemptions allowing abortion here in this state now is in cases of rape incest and before the 10th week of pregnancy to protect the mother's life right so that's what's happening today health. right right the physical health what of- was it before it's it was like the 20 20th week of pregnancy right right that right. was the limit now it's like yeah no you're done so, have we heard from businesses that are leaving Indiana yet? Have we heard from folks who said, if this becomes the law, we're out of here. It's going to be hard for us to find employees. And this goes back to a conversation that Abdul and I had on Friday. You were gone, Nige, but Abdul and I kind of had a spirited back and forth about how big of a deal is this really for the state of Indiana? Is this the same level as inflation? Is this the same level as crime? What's going to move people to go out and vote in the midterms? Where does abortion rank? Abdul thinks it's substantially higher than what I think. I'm curious under your thoughts. I I think uh, uh, that there's no data whatsoever anywhere to support the claims that, uh, oh, no, we can't get talent. We can't get businesses to move here. And um, there's been a couple of anecdotal uh, uh, examples that, that businesses have used, but there's no solid data on this. I think you look nationwide at certain polls. Some voters say the issue is important in the midterm vote, but virtually all of those that I've seen have come amongst the Democrats. Right. And I'm not saying that it's not an important issue, it's, but is it the reason that somebody says, you know what, I normally wouldn't vote in this election, but hot damn, now I'm motivated, I'm going to go out to the polls, because I don't think, at least in Indiana, it's that big of an issue. I think it's the economy, the economy, more economy, then crime, and then the economy again. It's the kitchen table issues, it's the the gas prices, it's the fact that food is 10 to 12% more expensive than it was just a year ago. Yeah, Roe v. Wade, it doesn't seem like it's on everybody's uh, front burner, so to speak. And yesterday, the economy and the abortion debate kind of came crashing head-on with each other, and it didn't have to be this way. So while the White House was having their big celebration that the inflation numbers have gone up, we're going to have a party. (laughs) James Taylor, everybody, food's at a 40-year high. Good night. While they were having a party the same day that the report came out on how bad things are economically, you would think that if you're a Republican, just let that ride. Let that be the news story. Or, yeah, point it out. But not Graham Nasty. Lindsey Graham, senator from South Kakalaki, he couldn't wait to jump to a camera, to get into a microphone, and talk about a federal abortion law. We should have a law at the federal level that would say after 15 weeks... No abortion on demand, except in cases of rape, incest, to save the life of another. So 15 weeks. 
Right. So that'd be a little less stringent than it would be here in Indiana. And and, and by the way, I thought I thought the GOP was all in on letting states decide anyway. Bingo. So there's a lot of things there with Graham Nasty's take that we can break down individually. What about states' rights? What are you going to do with physicians who don't want to play by the rules? We could have that conversation, but I guess the question I have, Nige, is that why were we having this conversation the same day that the White House was basically shooting themselves in the foot? Why not let them just sit there and look like idiots celebrating bad numbers that come out from the economy? Why did you have to go out of your way to bring up abortion and go against state rights? Because now all the news networks, instead of having to cover what idiots the White House looks like, now they're going to go after you the same day. You're... You're firing up the opposition's base a, a few weeks ahead of the midterms. Great idea. It's like he wants the Republicans to lose. It's not even going to get a vote, this bill that he's proposing, much less signed into law. So what does it mean, really? What's he doing here? Some sort of political stunt? A ploy? Talk, like, if you're going to introduce legislation, here's my only point. If you're going to introduce, if you're going to start talking about introducing new laws and new bills and legislation that's not going to go anywhere anyway, propose a ban on puberty blockers or federal laws against biological males playing women's sports or gender reassignment surgery for kids. You know, make the Democrats get behind that. This is playing right into the Democrats' hands. And the worst part of it is, this is destined to lose. This is a conversation that the Democrats want to have. Oh, look, see, they want to ban abortion federally. They want to uh, ban it nationwide. It's playing directly into the hands. And like I said earlier, there's certain polls that show uh, 56% of voters say abortion is important in their midterm vote, uh, up 43% in March. And all of those have come, uh, that, that increase virtually is all democratic so it's it's a little it's 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 a bizarre to me lindsey graham is wrong it needs to be a state's issue lindsey graham is completely wrong and again we can talk about the different aspects of his statement all day long my point and i think it's the same as our friend jesse waters had last night why are you doing it on the same day where the Democrats are giving you a campaign commercial. They're literally celebrating with, you know, A-listers and all their movers and shakers in the Rose Garden celebrating a bad economic report. Jesse Waters last night had Graham Nasty on his program. So if you expect me to sit on the sidelines and watch the Democratic Party try to pass the most radical abortion law in the history of the country, you're talking to the wrong guy. What what do I oppose? Schumer and Pelosi have proposed a law for the entire nation that will allow abortion on demand until the point of birth. There's seven nations on the planet have that extreme view. China and North Korea are two of the seven. We all agree on that. Well, no, wait a minute. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and let America become that kind of nation. No one's saying you need to sit on the sidelines, but yesterday wasn't the day to do that. Yesterday was the day they lost all momentum when this inflation thing punched them right in the face and you gave them an out. A lot of people don't like that. You could have done it on any other day, just like you could have delayed the whole press conference, like Joe should have delayed that stupid party. He knows it, and you can hear Senator Graham. Yeah, look, just say, at this point, you can't even say you made a mistake, but 
Senator Graham's right. If you're going to propose a bill, don't do it in 15 weeks. Do it, you know, make make Democrats defend something really gross like, you know, a 30-week ban. Uh, uh, you know, the bill should be like for a 30-week ban, uh, 15 weeks. Uh, that's something that's something that that you should make Democrats try to defend right there. They're like the third something gross and heinous like that. And where Jesse Waters and I am at are have that conversation yes. any other day. Yes. yes. There's the two different aspects. Timing right. was so bad for this. You gave the news networks. You gave the Democrats an out. You allowed them to cover something else other than this little grab ass session that you had at the White House on a day where the numbers were bad here's a little bit more people well, are with you on that no I'm you're not right going to apologize you're, you're right no ever apologize I about you. standing up I for the you. unborn it's, and you know what it's, we need it's to go not on the offensive here it's not what's in your heart americans agree with that they're against abortion well, after the first trimester but there you got to talk tactics senator it's terrible timing terrible tactics we could have shoved this down their throat on the day the Americans got hammered with this inflation number and the market crashing. And now all the media and the Democrats are talking about federal abortion ban, federal abortion ban. Yep. You know, that's not smart well, politics, right? And good for Jesse Waters for calling it out. Good for him for doing it right to Graham Nasty's face. Because to Lindsey Graham, I'm sorry, um, while I agree with a lot of the nuts and bolts of what he wants to do, I'm a state's rights guy. You don't need to be rolling out a federal abortion ban, certainly the same day that they're <laughs> scrambling. And number two, states' rights. Leave it to the states. So while all of that crazy news was going on, Nige, if you need a reason to drink tonight, if you need a reason to celebrate, yeah. it's National Felt Hat Day. <laughs> what? That truly is a day, a ridiculous day for everything. A felt hat? National like a, like a fedora? Like what hats are made out of felt? Something pimps would wear, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Like if your okay. name is Fly Guy and you walk around, <laughs> I think you're probably wearing a felt hat. <laughs> yeah. It's also National okay. Make a Hat Day. Oh, you make your own hat. Some days, you know, we've made a tinfoil <laughs> hat in here before. Um, so that's, that's two right. great reasons to wear a hat today. And new from Hammer and Nigel Records, a quick tribute to Felt Hat Day and Make a Hat Day. Yeah. We were in a men without hats kind of mood. Of course. <laughs> I wear a hat because I have to. You'd wear a hat too if you were me. Because I've got a bald head. It's shiny and red. And it would blind you just to see. Come on. I wear a hat in the bedroom because I'm careful not to make another mouth to feed because I've already got three and inflation is killing me. Yeah, I wear a hat. Men without hats on National Felt Hat Day. Okay. See what we did there? I see. A little misdirection. Yeah, I got me. It's a Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer. Right over there today, let's all celebrate the National Toy Hall of Fame because they've revealed the 12 finalists for its 2022 class. And once again, Hammer, my favorite childhood toy. Illegal fireworks was robbed. They're not on there. It's a bummer. Now, this is... We always kind of get into a little bit of a controversial situation when we're talking about this. There's a bunch of nominees, only three get in, right? Okay, so so last year, let's let's go back to last year. The three that made it in last year were American Girl Dolls, which my daughter, if you have daughters, you know what American Girl Doll is. I don't think you probably know what an American Girl Doll is. That's not what the Tom Petty song was about, That is not, <laughs> that is not it. 
Uh, but there's plenty of money to be spent. There's like big hotels in Chicago and other places around the country that, you know, mothers can take their daughters and they go buy these giant American Girl dolls that cost hundreds of dollars. Also, uh, the game Risk. I've never played Risk. Have you played Risk? Eh, that's a- not my favorite. And Sand. Nominated into the, uh, into, I almost said Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the uh, Toy Hall of Fame. Not even a sandbox, just a big-ass bag of sand. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, kids, knock yourselves out. I, I, believe, I, I believe a stick is in the Toy Hall of Fame, officially. Um, just things like that. I mean, kids play with sticks, for sure. Sure, but it doesn't qualify as a toy, right? I think a toy is made, isn't it? No, I don't know. It's what you make of it. Ah, stick sucks. So kid's going to wake up on Christmas, unwrap a present that's going to be stick, and he's going to be happy. <laughs> that, that might be. You might have a point there. Um, so the finalists this year are the game Bingo. Which has been good to the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether sure, it's State sure. of the Union Bingo, Live PD Bingo. Uh, some of these I've never heard of. I guess... I mean, I guess I, I know what a briar horse is, right? Do you know what a briar horse is? Just a plastic. It's a horse made out of ice cream. That's right. <laughs> I love briar's ice cream. That is the type of ice cream we have in our house. Um, light bright. I had one of those when I was a kid. I remember light bright. Yeah, man. Now, I don't know what this is. Catan or Settlers of Catan. Do you guys know what that is? Do you guys know what Catan is? We got a room full of nerds over here. Nobody knows what <laughs> Settlers of Catan is. We got a bunch of IT guys in here right now. <laughs> Um, Masters of the Universe, so like He-Man. Yeah, He-Man and Skeletor. Skeletor always had the way better stuff. Like, his castle had a microphone in it. and oh, That's right. The yeah. Skeletor memes now, where he's like laying out, then he's running away. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, other toys that are nominated for the Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, Nerf toys. I could see that. I can't believe they're not in there yet, actually. Right. The Pinata. So sand is in the Hall of Fame, but Nerf and the Pinata have not gotten the not call. Not yet. Um, phase 10, I don't know what that is. I got nothing. Pound puppies. I remember the kids. I remember my little brother and sister when I was growing up had it, played a lot with pound puppies. Uh, Rack-O. Rack-O. Anything? You guys, anything? Anything, Rack-O? Uh, the Spirograph. Now, I know what that is. They still saw, I think we got our, our kids the Spirograph uh, a couple of years ago. What's the spirograph? I mean, it's that thing. It's those circ- plastic circular pieces with, um, they look like gears almost, like gears in a bicycle, and you put your pencil in between them. You draw all these crazy shapes. Okay. And you put them together, and, like, they stick together. I can't even explain it. It's really cool. Um, and finally, rounding out the finalists this year, going to the museum, to the Hall of Fame of Toys, the top. So Racco and the top are on the list together here. Kind yes. of feels like maybe that should be in the adult. Toy Hall of Fame. If you're talking about racks and tops, right? The winners are going to be voted by industry experts on toys. I didn't know you could be a toy industry expert. Also known as kids. <laughs> Little five-year-old kids. Uh, three of those 12 toys will wind up getting inducted, and the announcement comes October 10th. Again, last year it was American Girl Dolls Risk in Sand. Sand. Again, I can't stress enough, not a sandbox. Or not like an hourglass or anything like that. Just sand. Take a bucket to the beach, pick it up, carry it home. Here you go, kids. Christmas came early. <laughs> sand. Knock yourselves out. All oh, right. wait. A briar horse. Okay. If I'm thinking of what I'm thinking of, it's it's a giant one. It's a big one that kids... We had one of these, I think. It's like when my kids were a little bit smaller, it's like 
that you get on top of it and go up and down. It has little wheels for hooves, and you ride around the house on it. Like it goes goes up and down, and it kind of maybe that's what it is, or maybe the Briar horses are those little miniature ones. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. All I know is I want ice cream right now. Yeah, sounds good. All right, it's the Hammer and Nigel show. We're coming back, and we're back. Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Here's Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We had uh, audio a couple of days ago of uh, Chuck Todd from NBC interviewing Kamala Harris. May have been from Meet the Press or something like that over the weekend, one of those political talking head shows. And I don't know. After everything that he, it was like the last question he asked her in the interview. He's like, "Well, at least you know, as long as I got you here, you are the borders are. So maybe I should ask you a question about the border. Uh, is it secure?" <laughs> I, it's like the, literally the last question he asked her. It's probably probably one of the most important ones. She's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, it's secure. Yeah, we're working on. Yeah, actually, we're working on bills, working on laws to make everybody that's here illegally um, permanent citizens. That's actually what we're doing." And then he followed out credit. Where credit is due, he followed up the question with, so you said it's secure, but we've had like 2 million illegal aliens cross the border this year. And then she just got all tongue-tied and was grasping for any platitude she could find. And uh, But the main point was, yes, the border was secure. The right? fentanyl numbers tell us differently, <laughs> but <laughs> the border czar <laughs> says things are fine. Which brings us to the great state of Texas, where earlier today, two busloads of illegal migrants were dropped off at Kamala Harris's house in Washington, D.C., right there by the uh, Naval Observatory. Again, just days after she says everything's fine, the border's secure, <laughs> two busloads of illegals are dropped off right in front of her house, courtesy of Governor Abbott me, and the people in Texas. Let me guess, she's got a wall around that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though she it's, told us walls don't work, yeah. she's got a pretty big-ass wall around her house. And yeah. Fox News was there when the migrants were getting off of the bus. I think it was Griff Jenkins, and he was speaking to the folks as they were getting off. And Vice President Harris uh, said that the border is closed. Is the border closed? Do you believe that the border is closed, or is it open? It's open, not closed. The border is open. The border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in. Free. No problem. And then, but it's open for you to come illegally, right? Illegally, yes, illegally. That's true. <laughs> and you came illegally. Yeah, we came illegally, not legal. I mean, the guy almost looked at the reporter like an idiot, like, well, yeah, it's open. I'm right here. I'm here. I'm, I'm, it's open. I'm here. Look it's at open me. For free. <laughs> yeah, it's illegal. I'm here. Look at me. And I don't blame them one bit for coming here and trying to get in from whatever awful country they're coming from. I don't blame them. And the policies of the Biden administration um, allow that. The sanctuary cities all over the place, the promise of free health care and schools and, 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 you know, the possibility of becoming a permanent citizen. Um, I I don't blame that. They are not to blame here in the situation. This is what sanctuary cities were asking for, right? They were the ones that were saying, I can't believe you don't want to welcome all of these folks coming in. If we were ever in that situation, we would welcome them with open arms. Well... It's been happening, and New York and Washington, D.C. are trying to call in the National Guard to deal with it. <laughs> this is so funny. The reporter goes, look, 
Kamala Harris said the border's secure. Is it secure? The guy goes, yeah, no, it's open. It's no, 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 no. Well, I'm standing right here. I'm I'm right here standing outside Kamala Harris's house. Of course the border's open. It's not secure. So not to be outdone, ay, ay, ay. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, he says, I'll see your two busloads full of migrants, and I'll load up two plane loads full, and we're going to fly them out to Martha's Vineyard. So the folks that were trying to come into Florida illegally were detained at the border, and... Again, not against their will. This is something they willingly chose to do. They boarded a plane, air-conditioned plane that had drinks and snacks and the whole nine, and they were dropped off at one of America's favorite vacation playgrounds, Martha's Vineyard. So watching the left lose their mind about this is fantastic. This is what the sanctuary cities literally asked for. Your wish is their command. They're making your dreams come true, and now everybody's flipping out. This is a statement from the DeSantis office. Quote, states like Massachusetts, New York, and California will better facilitate the care of these individuals who they have invited into our country by incentivizing illegal immigration through their designation as a sanctuary yeah. state and the support from the Biden administration's open border policies. That's from the DeSantis camp earlier today. Now, I mentioned some lefties are starting to lose their minds here. Um, Congressman Bill Keating on Twitter, quote, History does not look kindly on leaders who treat human beings like cargo, loading them up and sending them thousands of miles away without telling them their destination. Hasn't Biden already been doing that, though, under the cover of night, in the middle of the night, so nobody will see? For it's almost two that. years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been going on for almost two years now. And again, these folks were not thrown on these planes and buses against their will. They were told, hey, if you want to sign up here, you can come on board. We got AC. We got food. We got drinks. Uh, we'll go to a beautiful vacation spot, Martha's Vineyard. You're going to love it there. It's a sanctuary city. And the bus ride, again, air conditioning on the bus. They were taken care of. We'll take you right to who the borders are. So any questions that you have, <laughs> you'll be right there at her residence. Uh, here's Bakari Sellers yeah. from CNN. Are we going to act like Governor Abbott and DeSantis aren't engaging in human trafficking? They agreed to go. Nobody was forced. There was no law broken here. So stop with the human trafficking and, and stuff. Again, with the, Biden's policies incentivize human trafficking. They, they they allow it. The open border policies incentivize and allow and are a party to human trafficking, which is awful. I mean, guys, you can't even imagine the circumstances. I've heard personally for some people I know that have that have had firsthand knowledge of people trying to come here being trafficked in a semi-tractor trailer for a week with a loaf of bread to live on. And that's the kind of thing that they're, that, that, that they're willing to go through to get out of those countries and into a country that incentivizes crossing illegally. One of the dumbest people on Twitter, Rex Chapman, tweets, 
Serious question for devout Christians. What would Jesus think of how DeSantis and Abbott are treating these migrants? Where in the Bible can you cite support for treating the poor, hungry, and oppressed, including kids this way? What are you talking about? You flying into Martha's Vineyard? You have to stop trying to figure out what Rex Chapman is talking about, Nigel. That right there is your first mistake. It's like one of the most expensive vacation spots, one of the richest places in the country. I mean, they they should be they should be well fed there. They should have all the money in the world. I mean, look, if people are liberals force these awful ideas like open borders, and then they freak out the first time they're actually forced to deal with the ramifications of their own policies. And, you know, they, the, these Texas border towns have been dealing with surges of tens of thousands of illegal immigrants every single day. And then 50 of them come to Martha's Vineyard. Right. And then they're all clutching their pearls up there. And if you're an, a moron like Rex Chapman, you're perfectly fine with people crossing the Rio Grande with dangerous currents, people drowning every day, children dying, a uh, hundred plus degree heat, camping out, working with coyotes. Apparently, you're fine with that. But hopping on an air conditioned plane to go to a better destination in the same country, hot damn, that's where Rex Chapman draws the line. I'm shocked that he doesn't have a program on CNN. He was supposed to have one on CNN Plus, but uh, I think we all know what happened with that. And then you've got guys like Eric Swalwell, the uh, junior representative from California, had a failed California presidential run. Um, quote, does America face a migration issue at our border because of poor economic and security conditions in the country south of us? Of course. Should we exploit that crisis by using desperate humans as political pawns? Hell no. This is sick. It takes a soulless man to do this. Your state is a sanctuary state, Representative. Your yeah. state is a sanctuary state. You should be able to handle all this. What's the problem? You signed up for this. This is what you want. You believe in this kind of stuff. Don't finger wag to anybody else. Why don't you go bang another Chinese spy and <laughs> fart on TV? The president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. The president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. That's that guy. That's cheat. what your legacy is going to be. Help him cheat okay. an election. <laughs> the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> you set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What's it is, your lips? It's so good. Hammer and Nigel Booze news, booze news. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, Circle Center Mall, as many shops and restaurants that have moved out of that place lately, uh, they're getting their own tap room. Okay. All North, right. North High Brewing Company opening a tap room in Circle Center Mall. I don't know that it's going in. I'm not sure where it's going. I don't think it's going where Champs used to be. There's that... Uh, there's that restaurant directly across from Champs and right next to P.F. Chang's. I'm thinking it might go in there because there was like, I think there was another brewery in there at, at some point, and I forget. But North High is that, I think they're out of Columbus, Ohio, and they just put one in Zionsville on Main Street that I've been to a couple times. How is it? Yeah, I love it. 
I, I love it, and they've got a big outdoor patio, and they've got some decent food. I've been there for Taco Tuesdays. They're not trying to shove all that Buckeye crap down our throat, are they? No, that Ohio no, State no, Buckeye no, no. crap from Columbus. <laughs> I have not. Not that I've seen, uh, <laughs> but I've 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 drank a couple flights. They got a great hazy pale ale. They've got um, dude, uh, beer flights are awesome. I, I know. I love them. I, the only thing that's better is that, than that is whiskey flights. Um, and I've have not experienced one of those in a long time until, you know, you go down to the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky. they got plenty of bars there. That I did a it. beer flight at the Orlando Airport as our flight <laughs> kept getting delayed and delayed. And it's like, man, let's go. we got some time to kill here. Uh, I want to yeah. try their... They it, they got an imperial style called Filthy McNasty. <laughs> Sounds like something from the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Man, hooked up with that chick from yeah. Mooresville last night. <laughs> Gave her the old Filthy McNasty. <laughs> so good news for uh, Circle Center Mall. And uh, I, I, again, there's so many breweries around town. I feel like I'll never get to them all, but I love a good brewery, and there's so many that I haven't tried yet, and there's a lot that bring us beer for Beer Sample Friday. Right. So if if North High would like to uh, bring us some samples, and uh, we'd be glad to try it out live on the air. For beer 100%. Um, more booze news here. Dateline, Madison, Tennessee. A guy uh, crashed his car while impaired. Hmm. He was leaving the scene of an accident. Yeah. He was arrested. This will be his 11th DUI oh, conviction. Wow. Ten DUIs still out there driving around, doing his thing, crashing into stuff. Um, he was previously convicted of driving under the influence three times in Davidson County, seven other times in Arkansas, Georgia, and Tennessee. This guy gets around, man. He's basically like a one-man drunk SEC fan. <laughs> It's got a hit like South Carolina, well, and I think, you know, you'll be covered there. I think you got them all almost. Ten. How are you allowed to still have a license? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's permanently lost his license. But ten D like at what point in your life, after how many DUIs do you finally say, eh, maybe I should get into a program? Is it after the first? I would say personally the first. It wasn't after would- ten with this guy. <laughs> this guy was... Ah, now I'm fine. Now I'll be fine. No, no need to call a cab. No Uber. I'll be fine. I got a pretty good tolerance. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, how many does it take before you say, boy, I got a problem. I really don't want to lose my license. And, uh, yeah, this guy was riding, was flying high at 10 DUIs, gets his 11th, and I'm sure he has no plans of stopping. This guy sure has somewhat of a problem. Take his license. Take his keys. But that doesn't stop people, though. You're right. You're 100% right. It lets you put him behind bars. But where is he getting these cars at then? If you're in his inner circle, like if you're his friend, if you're his family member, stop enabling this guy. Because Lord knows how many other people he's, you know, put at risk by being out there just a lunatic driving drunk all the time. 11 DUI convictions for this guy in Tennessee. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! 
name is Nigel. Jason Hammer standing right over there across from me. Do, do we have time? Should we get into it right now? We've got a lot of time. All right, let's do it. Let's check in with America's battle with COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. How many? There are three vaccines. Three. Kind of. China piss off. Mondo. Now you've made so low. We're all nervous because <laughs> of COVID-19. So the World Health Organization, the WHO, uh, put out a statement saying, basically, we're at the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's not the end until the WHO says it's the end, right? Right. Uh, it's, It's in sight, they say, but hey, look, we can't let our guard down to crawl across that finish line. Here is the director general talking about the quote-unquote good news we have never been in a better position to end the pandemic we're not there yet but the end is in sight if we don't take this opportunity now we run the risk of more variants more deaths more disruption and more uncertainty so let's seize this opportunity so hey uh, hammer the pandemic's over according to the who no we- no no the end is in sight oh. you're still gonna have to have to deal with the one that's going to come out right before the midterms coincidentally <laughs> notch you know that and i know that there's going to be a midterm variant where everybody is going to be encouraged to vote from home vote early vote often yeah, I'd say the pandemic ended for me about uh, summer of 2020 when we were allowed to get back on planes again. I went right down to Florida with my family. I, I, I did not let this thing affect my life in the very least. Some people had it the complete opposite. Look, I understand that people, uh, you know, severe comorbidities, extremely uh, elderly people uh, lost their lives in part dying uh, with COVID. And there's always that distinction, dying with or from. But, man... I, like the fa- I'll give you another example of what I'm talking about here in terms of countries dealing with COVID, dealing with the vaccine. It's a huge news story that's going under the radar here about Denmark. Denmark's they quit offering COVID-19 vaccines to people under 50. Unless you had an underlying health condition well, sure. that warranted it. Sure. Let me. I'll just read here from uh from the danish government the purpose of the vax program was to prevent severe illness hospitalization and death therefore people at the highest risk of becoming severely ill will be offered the booster the purpose of vaccination is not to prevent infection with covid19 and people age under 50 are therefore currently not being offered booster vaccination so while here in the united states hammer people got fired young healthy people got let go from their jobs for refusing the vaccine over first responders in, uh, people nurses people that have worked in healthcare for a year without the vaccine and in denmark you can't even get it now you can't even get that damn vaccine if you're under 50 which by the way the vaccine in third world nations like you know some some countries in africa hundreds of millions of doses of the vaccine they don't want them anymore they're not being used at all um so i mean i I think that's a big deal in denmark and i think you're going to see a lot of people follow their lead meanwhile a couple interesting studies were released in regards to covid 
The first one from Johns Hopkins. Now, at the very beginning of the pandemic, Johns Hopkins, they were the ones that had, and I hate calling this, but it is what it is, the death tracker screen, right? There was the map of the world with the rolling ticker of how many people had passed away, and it was color-coded of what areas were hot, and all the information was going through Johns Hopkins University. And the left-leaning media ran with them. Johns Hopkins was their best friend. Until they weren't. Until Johns Hopkins started putting out some more studies based off of more information saying, well, maybe just maybe this thing isn't as bad as you guys made it out to be. This is the latest study. Lockdowns had little or no impact on reducing deaths from COVID-19. The lockdowns during the early phase of the pandemic in 2020 reduced the mortality rate by 0.2%. This is from the board review of multiple scientific studies from Johns Hopkins. And you know the and you know these lockdowns didn't make a difference because the people in charge that implemented them that that advocated for them broke their own rules. Like what was it, the mayor of Austin got in trouble for uh, uh you know getting in a private plane with like 12 people and going down to Mexico and then while he was in Mexico issuing a statement on social media please don't leave your house for thanksgiving our whole march promotion here at the (laughs) hammer and nigel show was covid hypocrisy madness that's right yeah ignore the sombrero behind me here uh (laughs) while i'm at this resort in mexico don't leave for vacation i mean the same with the mayor in denver the The school board member uh, in chicago nancy pelosi uh, the lockdowns were for, for, for the common folk. It wasn't for Gavin Newsom there at the, the ultra-fancy French laundry. Those, you know, and the medical executives that were with him, the people that were supposed to be in charge of this whole thing. Of course, lockdowns didn't do anything. And it's, I mean, we didn't need John Johns Hopkins to tell us this, but at least it validates it. The lockdowns us. did more damage than good in this country. And it's not even close. When you look at what we did to our school kids, what we did to people whose heart and sweat and soul was in the business that they started, that they ran, or maybe they just worked at, we told them, no, you can't go out unless it's rioting season. And then by all means, go out there and break all the windows you want. That's really what did it for me. Honestly, it was. People were saying that these people protesting lockdowns that just wanted to go back to work were grandma killers that didn't care about public health. And then, boy, oh, boy, a few months later, how that tune changed. And anybody, including Governor Holcomb, that chastised people for protesting the lockdowns but yet championed people protesting social justice are hypocrites and um and i'm gonna remember you know i don't forget that kind of thing man people don't forget the petri dish comment right horrible and then and then they turn around and a couple months later oh that's a noble cause for the summer of love 2020 and telling all the school kids to mask up because you're cozied up to the teachers unions but then the minute you get a chance to leave you go down to brown county you take the mask off you're taking face-to-face cheek-to-cheek selfies with anybody who'll have one so you're 100 percent right here's another study that came out this one is from the university of bristol in the uk this found that 90 percent Nine zero ninety percent of particles could get through the cloth masks that many people were forced to wear during the yeah, pandemic. They didn't do anything. No, they were ineffective. 
N95s, if they're properly fit, they're good for about maybe two uses. After that, you got to throw them away. And that's an N95. Those little cloth masks that we were forced to put on our kids to go to school that we had to wear to go down the hallway to take a leak here at work, yeah. Nige, they didn't do anything. And I kind of had that come to Jesus moment when I had a cloth mask on and I walked outside and this was during the winter months when, you know, I'm had a cloth mask on. I was getting ready to go inside a store and I could see my breath going in and out of it. And I thought, man, it was permeating through the right through the, the, the Chinese made paper mask that was strapped to your face. Right. I was getting ready to go inside of a Walgreens, I believe it. I had just parked and I got out and I had to put the face diaper on and I could see the breath just going in and out. And I thought, well, maybe, just maybe, this thing isn't <laughs> providing the protection that they said it is. So on behalf of everybody that knew a long time ago that these stupid little cloth masks that have your favorite sports team on it, or if they said, let's go, Brandon, or whatever they were, the cloth masks, if you knew they were full of crap like everybody else, this song's for you. Take this mask yeah. and shut bow, 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 Take his mask and shove it. I ain't wearing it no more. By the way, I just saw that uh, uh, UC Davis, College UC Davis, uh, is making its students, requiring its students a second booster shot. Oh, come on! As soon as they become widely available. I mean, these second boosters, there's no safety data. There's no, I don't believe there's any human trials and uh, the the UC system uh, is making their students get a second booster for what I have no idea. A study that I really want to keep my eye on is what's happening now with organ donors. There are a lot of people whose bodies are rejecting organs, and there's questions of whether or not it's vaccine-related. Keep an eye on that study because I think that's really important. Emma and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run a couple different stories by you. You are going to be the one that breaks down all the information and tells us if that story is anything or not. Uh, rub my hands together. Let's go, baby. Is this anything? A North Carolina man was able to save up enough funds to purchase a bar cool. by getting the contact info of telemarketers and then suing the bejesus <laughs> out of them. Yeah. Here he is breaking down his strategy and explaining why he decided to call his new bar the wrong number. I just started answering those calls and answering their questions enough to figure out who they are. And then once I figured out who they were, I was able to go after them. When I last counted, it was just over $100,000. It's going to be called the wrong number. Yep. Whoa. The whole telemarketer thing just kind of gave it the backstory I didn't have before. So that's how the, the, the wrong number came about is, well, hey, they called the wrong number because then they had to deal with me and it led to the bar. 
You know how uh, earlier you and I were talking about studies show that lockdowns were useless? Actually, they were harmful to people. You know who they're most harmful to in this situation? The telemarketers. Because this guy right here, his name's Omar, didn't have crap to do <laughs> when he got sent home. So he just started taking every telemarketing call that he could, talking to them enough and uh, trying to extract as much information out of these telemarketers as he could. He figured out who they were, where they were calling from, and it was like a hobby. That's all he was doing during the pandemic. He was a one-man <laughs> FBI. I mean, look, <laughs> really, look on your phone right now, people. Like, I've got an iPhone. Look how many spam risk calls there are. It says spam risk on mine. Spam, spam. No caller ID. No caller ID. Four uh, of my last seven were spam. Yeah. I mean, look at all this red on my phone that I'm holding up over here. Look at all this red right here on my phone, here on the YouTube stream. And this guy, what did he say, a hundred grand? hundred grand. I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't even know you could sue. I didn't know that was possible. And this guy sat around during the pandemic and made the best of his situation. And it turns out the lockdowns are pretty harmful and pretty bad for everybody, including those pesky telemarketers. Yes, this is something. So I'm starting to get motivated here. I get a lot of these scam calls. We also have the attorney general on our show from time to time. I kind of want to start this process of like starting to talk to these people, get some information, work with the attorney general, yeah. and ba-boom, let's go. Yeah, Rakita, what, isn't he supposed to be stopping these robot calls? I thought that was like <laughs> part of his agenda. I've got more, I get more spam calls now than ever, every day. I don't answer, and then sometimes, even when people call me, it doesn't pop up a spam risk. It just it's a random number. I don't right. answer those either. Right. I don't know anybody in New Zealand. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Is this anything? One out of every three young adults claim that they don't feel like they've had a real vacation until they've had the opportunity to post about it on social media. Well, for God's sake. Also, people are ramping up their travels with 37% of people traveling more than they were before the pandemic. Is this anything? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, what a bunch of narcissists. Oh, I got to post my vacation or else I'm not really on vacation. I got to let everybody <laughs> know how good a life I have now that I'm on vacation. I, I don't like it's awkward for me to post video videos and and stuff on vacation because i don't want people to feel like i'm bragging or shoving it in her face look what i'm doing blah 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 blah. i think last year i posted a picture of my wife and i at a bar uh when we went to uh anna marie island uh in florida I, th that was about it it was a good picture i you know it was just her and I out. The kids, kids were away, and that's that's about that. That was about it. But people that just you know do these sixty, seventy, you know, plus photo dumps, these you know, a hundred plus pictures of them you know, gallivanting in Destin or the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, uh, I mean, just give me a break. Now, what if I, I you post a it. lot of pictures beforehand? Because I'm a big picture post no, 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 guy. I, I'm not saying I post that. photos of myself at Lowe's. I know. So I'll also probably post when I'm at the bar in Orlando or, yeah. you know, Daytona or something. Uh, okay, I, I get that. I, I just, I don't know, for me, and I don't really put the kids out on social media a whole bunch either. So, I, like, for me, I'm like, I'd look at somebody... 
and I know you're not bragging or trying to throw it in somebody's face, but it's like for for people I don't know. And here's the other thing that what, what did you say? What was the last half of this? Also, people ramping up their travels. Thirty seven percent say they travel more now than they did before the pandemic. Oh, OK. You, so 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 basically you're saying that. Boy, I, I realized that uh, I wasn't traveling nearly as much as I could have been or should have been. Right. You know, rather than staying home. I'm not exactly a guy that likes to go away. You know, like, I, I, I'm looking forward to going on family vacations. Very fortunate. Got to go to Arizona this year. Got to go to Florida alone with my wife. But I'm a homebody, man. And, and you know... After the pandemic, I'm like thinking, man, I, I really probably should make an effort to, if there's a chance for me to go see, I like I've never been to England, I've never been to France, I've never been to Ireland, I've never, I, you know, never been to the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> what is it with the Amalfi Coast? <laughs> well, if you're friends with certain executives from a previous employer, you'd know on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just jealous. That's, that's such just, an inside I'm, joke, I'm, and that's awesome. So, I love I'm every just, minute I'm of so it. I'm so jealous. That's all it is. <laughs> I got bored, went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> got bored, went to the Amalfi Coast. It's well-deserved. What's my bonus <laughs> money going to get here? <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It's funny, like 20 years ago, I think about as important and fascinating to think about in my 20s has completely changed in my 40s. In my 20s, it was concerts, it was chicks, it was partying, it was, um, you know, still Colts football, it was, um, you know, wondering what's going to happen next year with the Pacers, stuff like that. And now, now I find myself at 46. Like, I can't wait for the midterms. I can't wait to see <laughs> what happens between Warnock and Herschel Walker in Georgia. I can't wait to see what happens between Dr. Oz and, and Fetter Woman. I'm a Fetter Woman uh, in Pennsylvania. If they elect Uncle Fester to the Senate, I swear I to God, Pennsylvania. Uh, like, and even looking ahead to 2024, is I find that even more fascinating to... To, to talk about and pontificate and predict and, and who's going, what are the Democrats going to do? Are they going to run Biden's old bones out there again? He's already filled out the paperwork. He said he's running. Are they really going to let him shuffle out there again? And They and just gave him a coloring book and said, here, you fill this out, <laughs> sir. I'm running again. Uh, you know, Woody Woodpecker is, is coloring what's, book. What's going to happen with Trump? Is he going to, is he, is Trump going to run or is he going to get indicted? Is DeSantis going <laughs> to throw his hat in the ring i mean it's not going to be trump DeSantis. you can't live in the same state and, and be president and vice president so that's not going to happen um and and then on the demo again back to the democrat side it's so fun thinking about who in the world what stiff are they going to roll out there if joe biden doesn't run i think it's probably going to be kamala harris I think it's probably. I think she probably at this point enough name recognition, enough awareness that it, amongst the Democrats, she's uh, probably going to be the run, the one that runs. Now, didn't she finish at the bottom of the Democrats in the she primary? Didn't, she didn't finish. 
She dropped out, right? She didn't make it to Super <laughs> Tuesday. The voters of the Democratic Party said, when it comes to our candidates, we like Amy Klobuchar yeah. more than you do. Yeah. Is it going to be somebody like, oh, I don't know, Stacey Abrams, who's failing miserably in Georgia running against Kemp for governor? Again. And, uh, again, and the Democrats have pulled her funding. Is it going to be, uh, you know, uh, Greasy Gavin Newsom Twosome? Uh, or I'm hearing rumblings, and there's a big article about this, and we've got the theme music lined up here. Uh, Mondo, we have a Pete Buddha judge up here. Uh oh, Buddha uh -oh. Judge everywhere. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha judge everywhere. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha judge rocking everywhere. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha judge rocking everywhere. The failed former mayor of South Bend, now the Biden's uh, transportation secretary. Which things are going so well in that standpoint. Yeah, barely avoided a, a strike with the railroads. The airlines are a mess. People are are silently whispering about a Pete Buddha judge run in 2024, Hammer. Well, he checks a lot of boxes for that party. They're the party of box checking. It doesn't matter if you're good or not. Let's see. Uh, well, he's not black, but he's gay. So we'll so those, check that those off. Those two cancel each other out, right? Right. And, oh, let's see. Um, he served in the military. Okay. And he was a mayor of a small town who's friends with celebrities. Hot <laughs> damn. This is our guy. <laughs> but my question is, and this is a real thing, people are slowly, there's some mutterings, there's some whisperings about Mayor Pete in 2024. And I, I just, I, I look at that and I wonder, like, Really? What's his record as a politician? Just what has he accomplished? Uh, the police hated him in South Bend. The African-American community hated him in South Bend. Uh, what has he done since he's been working for Biden? Transportation secretary. What did he do? Write a sternly worded letter to the airlines about all the delays? I'm reading an article here. Like, it's actually, this is from The Hill, like, this article actually brags about how tough he's been on the airline industry. He hasn't done anything. Tough? He Are wrote, you kidding me? He wrote, him a, he wrote the airlines a sternly worded letter. He, you know, he won in Iowa on the campaign, and he almost won in New Hampshire. He hasn't done squat, and I'm reading this, this article here, and it, he's in, re like, if he runs against Vice President, like, uh, VP Kamala Harris, like, if she declares that he runs against her, he'd get eaten alive are you and you think not, so it's not just me saying this this article in the hill interesting which is which is not a uh uh exactly a, a conservative friendly news outlet the hill uh, has this whole piece of Buddha judge running oh yeah he's he we was he was very tough on the airlines and he almost he, he almost won a new hampshire and it all and he won iowa <laughs> Listen to this quote. One former Buttigieg campaign staffer told The Hill, quote, he would be moronic. <laughs> the idea a white man would position himself over the VP. Oh, wow. He, listen to this because he moved to Michigan. He, he should run in Michigan and win a local election first. <laughs> he will get destroyed in the media and by activists if he runs, if VP Harris runs and being that democrats are the party of identity politics that is spot on that's why you can't run a greasy gavin newsom the, the 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 good looking tall white dude that's run california into the ground it's it's because it's because if if kamala harris runs then you know that's it that's ball game 
But see, I go completely the other direction. They're going to tell you that we can't elect a white man unless they think they have a chance to win. And then, hot damn, let's get Gavin in the mix. Wouldn't be the first time we lied to people and did something totally different. I mean, they're the kings and queens of hypocrisy. So why wouldn't they do it? If they think they've got a chance to knock out either Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever it is, they would put Grimace up there. Well, I think the only way Buttigieg, the only way, why, the only reason why Buttigieg ran in the first place in 2020 is because he wanted a position in Biden's cabinet. He got it. He got it. What he wished for. Right. And, and he comes off likable. Now, for those yeah. of you who follow him closely, you know that he's kind of a goober and he hasn't really done anything, but... A lot of these moderate voters, people who don't know too much about who's running, they see this guy and they think, oh, he's a nice guy. Uh, he's the one that said, eh, maybe you should all just get electric cars. He's a <laughs> radical leftist, he is. progressive climate cultists. But I will say in 2024, Harris and her VP of Judge might work. But if she strikes a deal, because like guys like... Like Clyburn, South Carolina, longtime uh, African-American Democrat in uh, South Carolina. He's already endorsed Kamala Harris if he I mean, he did this preemptively if Joe Biden doesn't run. So she's going to have a lot of preemptive endorsements uh, in in that community if she does, if she if she indeed runs. So maybe her best bet is to uh, to get Buttigieg on, on board for a, a VP role. Ah, it's kind of fascinating me. I'd love to see how this all plays out. If you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, you are hoping and praying that Clyburn has enough pull to make that happen because Kamala Harris yeah. is incompetent. Yep. You listen to her speak, it's word salad <laughs> after word salad. It's, I mean, she makes Fetterman sound like a wordsmith. At least Fetterman's got an excuse. <laughs> Fetterman's yeah. coming off of a stroke. Kamala's just dumb. She's got no excuse for it. Listen to her speeches. I hope and pray that Clyburn pulls enough strings and makes her the candidate because she's not going to beat anybody. She couldn't beat Amy Klobuchar. She couldn't beat Pete Buttigieg. She couldn't beat Bernie Sanders. She was at the bottom of the tier in the Democratic primary. All of a sudden, she's supposed to be elevated to the top. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it plays out for him. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I think it's awesome. The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. You rock. Coming up after 5 o'clock, liberals, rich elite liberals in Martha's Vineyard are losing their crap because Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida dropped off a bunch of uh, illegal immigrants in their town. It's a sanctuary state, right? Oh, Martha's yeah, they Vineyard's, love it. It's uh, what Martha's they signed Vineyard. up for. Um, and, and now, <laughs> I mean, 2 million people crossed the border, tens of thousands of people every day in El Paso and other border towns and they are losing at over 50 coming to Martha's Vineyard I love it more details on that coming up after five o'clock a couple of students listen to this man this is just the kind of reality we're living in these days a couple of students got into a fight at a high school in Houston and so during the chaos somebody called 911 made a report there was an active shooter the cops responded here, 
listen to this. This is from a student's cell phone video as a SWAT team entered a classroom looking for the quote-unquote shooter. Good news, though, the active shooter ended up being a false report. But this is a big classroom, like a tiered classroom where, uh, you know, there's steps and, and desks on top of desks. And, you know, it goes up. And you can walk up the stairs. And this SWAT team rolls in and has everybody put their hands up. Everybody hands up? Oh my god. You good, sir? All right. Coming in. Okay. Anybody nobody made it into this room, right? Is everybody looking at thumbs up? Everybody looking at thumbs up? Everybody looking at the recruit, right? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Stay where you're at. We're gonna have all three outside, okay? Okay. So I bet it broke up the fight though. Yeah, man. Have you been scrolling through Twitter speaking of fights in high school? Have you seen that 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 one I've been seeing it everywhere. I can't watch it. I delete it as soon as I turn it off about these two dudes fighting in the bathroom there's one the, the black dude just kicking the crap out of the skinny white kid i haven't seen Have it you no. seen it? it is just it's it's savage it's it's i can't stand it i don't know the context behind it i don't know what exactly is if it's recent but it's been popping up a lot lately a lot of the uh, a lot of the blue check marks have been retweeting and it is just i can't take it anymore i can't take watching that kind of stuff he like basically curb stomps this kid in the bathroom and mm. it's just uh completely animalistic it's it's awful when my wife was working in school systems um what i would notice and maybe this was just the way that she had it a lot of fights were chicks chicks fighting way more yeah. than dudes and back when i was growing up i didn't notice it that much i always thought dudes fought more you know you get testosterone going it's guys it's that age but i'm telling you now man these mouthy young ladies they go at it all the time there's always some drama between these chicks in these schools Got to keep an eye on that kind of stuff. Not saying the dudes don't fight either, but I'm shocked at how many uh, fights between ladies happen right now. Ladies. Dateline, Tennessee. A man in Tennessee was arrested after he went into a Walmart, stole some TVs and some other expensive things, and then went right outside, literally right outside the doors, and tried to sell all the stuff in a parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, that's kind of commonplace where thieves walk into retail stores and just saunter back out with as much merchandise as they want. And you can't do anything to stop me. You're not going to do anything. And then, you know, the hillbilly ingenuity here is, you know, if these people are walking into Walmart to buy a TV, hey, hold on, I got a deal for you. Before you even walk through the door, that $800 70-inch TV screen, TV screen you're getting ready to buy, that flat screen, I'll sell it to you for a hundy right now. Would you buy that? If you and <laughs> Mrs. Nigel are getting ready to walk into a store and you are going to buy a TV or you're going to buy something and you see a dude out of his trunk, hey, 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 I got the same thing for 100 bucks here. <laughs> Do you take a look no, at it? No, I don't. I think I, uh, I'm trying to stay. No, I'm not buying hot merchandise <laughs> from a dude that just stole it outside in the parking lot of the retail store that we're at. No. Reminds me in coming to America when their luggage was yeah. taken and you see all these street <laughs> vendors wearing robes and they got Rolexes on, the royal toothbrush when he opens the, the, the up the jacket. toothbrushes, yeah. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. 
what's going on? I'm Nigel. Jason Hammer is over there. Uh, Governor Abbott, state of Texas, sent a couple of buses of uh, illegal immigrants to Kamala Harris's house at the uh, Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. Uh, remember how a couple of days ago she said, yeah, the border's secure. We don't have, uh, there's no problem down there. In fact, we're working on a way to get everybody that's here illegally. Uh, you know, we're working on a way, a path to citizenship for everybody. That was her answer when Chuck Todd asked her, is the border secure? Well, yeah, it's secure. And everybody that's here is going to be able to stay here too. Uh, okay, no wonder why people are, are streaming over the border by the tens of thousands per day. Two million to be exact uh, overall. And where better for them to go to get answers than Kamala Harris's house? She was the one that said things were fine. She was the one that has this master plan to work on the pathway to citizenship. She's the borders are. Right. So Governor Greg Abbott said, you know what, here in Texas— we're not a sanctuary city. We're not a sanctuary state. But I know a place that is. And the person you need to talk to lives right there. So they loaded up two busloads. They went to Washington, D.C. and dropped them off right outside Kamala Harris's house. And, uh, you know, DeSantis did the same thing uh, to um, with the uh, illegals in Martha's Vineyard. And, and look, look, don't you, don't you understand? I don't blame these people. I, I, I totally get it. I, I, I want these people to have a better life. I want that. Not at the expense of my family. I don't claim to be. I, I want a secure border. I don't want an open border like the Democrats. I, I want, and now these Democrats are getting a taste of their own medicine, these sanctuary cities uh, where uh, it's, you know, they're welcome. They don't work with ICE. Somebody commits, somebody illegal commits a crime, a DUI. They don't turn them into ICE because, oh boy, they could get deported. So well, somebody commits murder, somebody commits a heinous act. They don't get turned, you know, that's what a sanctuary city is. You commit heinous crimes and you don't belong in this country, but you're not going to get turned over and get deported. And here's an example of what we're talking about here in terms of how it is at the border. Del Rio, Texas. It is a border town with a population of 35,828. In the month of July, 49,563 illegals came across the border into Del Rio. That is more than the official population listed according to the last census. And these these cities, Chicago, D.C., um, you know, Martha's Vineyard, the little island uh, south of Cape Cod in Massachusetts, all are flipping their crap right now because a couple dozen were being dropped off in their their elite liberal communities. When the buses rolled up in front of Kamala Harris's house in Washington, D.C. at the Naval Observatory, uh, Fox was there. I believe it was Griff Jenkins. He was the reporter. And he's speaking with these people that are coming off of the bus. And mind you, none of them were forced on there. You're going to hear that bullcrap argument from a lot of people. They're happy to be there. Right. They're, they're, they're Democrats, they're being used as, as pawns, as human pawns. No, the fact that Biden's policies allow for people by the thousands to cross the border by virtue of, of that very fact he's using them as pawns and griff jenkins spoke to a couple folks that were coming off this bus and you know one of them spoke english and he was able to get a little bit of information 
And Vice President Harris uh, said that the border is closed. Is the border closed? Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open? It's open, not closed. The border is open. The border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in yes. free. No problem. And, and But it's open for you to come illegally, right? Illegally, yes, illegally. That's true. And you came illegally. Yeah, we came illegally, not legal. Quote, <laughs> it's open, we enter for free. And one of the other common things you'll see when uh, journalists interview these people is that they're not coming over here seeking asylum, which at least you could be understood. They're coming over here to seek a, a better life in terms of, of work and in money, which is not, not a legal reason to cross the border illegally. Seeking asylum, fleeing oppression, yes, that, that could be looked at. But economic reasons and seeking you know a paycheck or trying to hook up with family that's not that's not a legitimate a legitimate legal reason no there's a process I, that we have in place and people who have done it the right way they can't stand these people that are I trying know, to cut the line i know people i'm related to people that have done it the right way it's taken a years and and in in thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in legal fees before they were finally uh, given citizenship. And again, we're talking about the busload that was dropped off in front of Kamala Harris's house. You mentioned earlier, Ron DeSantis of Florida says, hold my beer. He <laughs> loads up a couple planes and flies them to Martha's Vineyard, this real rich, affluent, snotty vacation town. Obama's got this massive mansion yeah. right there by the water. And they dropped off a couple groups there. This is the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. We are not a sanctuary state, and it's better to be able to go to a sanctuary jurisdiction. And yes, we will help facilitate that transport for you to be able to go to greener pastures. Biden would fly people in the middle of the night, dump them all across this country. There was no warning on any of this. And all those people in D.C. and New York were beating their chests when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, saying how bad it was to have a secure border. <laughs> the minute even awesome. a small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, they all of a sudden go berserk. And they're so upset that this is happening. And it just shows you, you know, their virtue signaling is a fraud. Governor uh, Ron DeSantis and 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 when you are you sure it was a couple planes because I'm reading it is only 50 illegal immigrants that got flown and uh, had to board a ferry to get to Martha's Vineyard. I read it 50. with planes, but maybe only short amount of people in each plane. Uh, and he's totally right. I mean, we had stories months ago how Biden was doing the same thing under the cover of night, so nobody would see it. Right. Um, doing the same thing for these people that have crossed over into the United States. And uh, do we have the audio of this other lady? This this lady at Martha's Vineyard. Listen to her talk about uh, the uh, immigrants in Martha's Vineyard. So, what are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are uh, we 
have at some point in time they have to move to somewhere else. Right? We, we, we don't cannot, want them. We don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. Welcome to the party, Bal. <laughs> Right. As uh, border towns in Texas and Arizona would say to this reach, this this rich white elite liberal who's uh, whose state has been claiming it's it's complicated in, in Massachusetts. I'm not sure if it's completely sanctuary or not, but the fact that, you know, Texas, Arizona, millions of illegal immigrants crossing the border, record numbers under Joe Biden, the fact that they blame uh, Donald Trump hammer they blame donald <laughs> trump's well it's the previous administration and their policies it's the problem we're having now, now we got a handle on the border they, under had, the previous they, had, they had a good handle on the border and now uh, record illegal crossings just skyrocketed this woman at martha's vineyard well they've got to go <laughs> doesn't obama's house alone that could probably hold a hundred illegal immigrants in there in his bathroom there's 10 bedrooms in obama's <laughs> mansion and there's 50 people at martha's vineyard and they're making it sound Sound like yeah. they're being attacked again greg price on twitter in the month of july forty-nine thousand illegals crossed into del rio a town it. with thirty-five thousand. but 50 people being flown into martha's vineyard a town of fifteen thousand rich liberals is inhumane and a humanitarian crisis you asked for it you want to be a sanctuary city this is your chance to shine step right up it's your moment in the sun Nigel, Jason Hammer is here. We have a live special in-studio guest, Riyadh Bonara from St. George Middle Eastern Fest. He's the chairman, the longtime chairman, Riyadh, our old buddy, back in <laughs> studio with the spread of Middle Eastern cuisine, St. George Fest happening this weekend up in Fishers. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. Thank you for inviting me. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. How many years is this for you now? This, this is my seventh year. <laughs> okay, this is seventh seventh year as chairman, but you've been going to this church since the early eighties, right? You That's, got here from I believe you're from Bethlehem. I'm from, West, from Bethlehem, exactly right. West Bank, and you've been here in Indy for a long time now. And how did St. George? How did this fest start? What did it turn into? It's a monster now, isn't it? Yes, it started a long time ago as a smorgasbord, and then smorgasbord. about twenty seven years ago, we decided to switch to a live music, and dancing and all the stuff. So. We missed two years for the last 27 years. And that was for, for COVID? For COVID and one for 9-11. That's right. Okay, so uh, so you have brought... Let, Hammer, look at the spread uh, that Riyadh has brought. We've us. got meat, we've got beer, we've got all the things that make life worth living in here. Just kind of, for those that don't know, cause this this St. George, this is a huge thing. Up in it is a huge, it's a huge fundraiser for the St. George community and the neighborhood. And I brought you a sample of what we're going to feed our guests this weekend. There's a giant piece, there's three giant pieces of meat with in a bone hammer. Meat what, and what bone, that? that's all, you saw 
sold me. Like, I'm, that's all I need to hear, meat now, and I, I bone. I will say, Riyadh, listen, the, the Middle Eastern cuisine, uh, Hammer pulled me aside before he came. He's like, man, my stomach's a little, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, some of this stuff, we're going to make him taste all of it, okay? Because it's delicious. <laughs> I hope he's going to taste it. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. Um, what else do we need to know about this? It starts Friday, right? It starts it's tomorrow? Friday, tomorrow afternoon from uh, 5 to, uh, to 10, uh, Saturday from 1 to 10, and Sunday from 1 to 5. So when you're putting on a festival like this or you're, you know, in charge of promoting a festival like this, with everything being so expensive, is it more difficult with, you know, the cost of shipping and meat question. and food and inflation through the roof right now? Does that hurt uh, local festivals? Yes, it does. Uh, actually, it was a challenging to put this on this year because of the cost is almost 30 to 40 percent higher than last year. Wow. Wow. Well, it doesn't look like you're, we have any shortage of uh, samples here, my no, friend. No, I brought your best what, samples. Yeah, what do people come to the – like, they come for the food, they come for the music, they come for just the festivities, the marketplace, everything? Yes, everything. 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 There's people come for just the food itself, for the dancing. Actually, we have a special group coming from Detroit. It's a Depke dance. It's a Middle Eastern Depke. Okay. I was a little disappointed I didn't get invited to dance with them, actually. <laughs> sure, you should. You are invited anytime you want. <laughs> and then, so live music, dancing, food. You've brought uh, a selection of beer here. What should we – I don't know that we're going to have time to try everything here okay. on the air. Let's What's start from your left. There is the kibbe. Uh, it is uh, two layers of uh, – Meatloaf stuffed with uh, rice and pine nuts. You're going to uh, love that. Okay. How the, many vendors does it take to put on an event like this? Actually, it's not vendors. It's all the community really? putting together and making all this food. It's wow. made fresh. Right, I'm making hammer a plate over sure. here. And the next one is... Uh, <laughs> I feel like Jeff Smolian at a cookout grape, now. Somebody's <laughs> making me a plate. Grape, grape leaves. And we bought some hummus, our famous hummus. Don't forget. The grape leaves are the best. And gyros. And oh, our gyros. specialty is the lamb shank. Lamb shank is one of the best sellers. Wow, look at that. That's awesome. Nice. Why don't you throw me one of those beers that's over there, too? Would you like uh, cream ale, pachanga, heine? What do yes. you want? Uh, <laughs> one of each. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, this year, uh, Sun Thank King you. also was one of our sponsors. Oh, thanks to Sun King then for being one yeah, of the sponsors. Yeah. Hey, can I uh, can I try one of the lamb shakes and I just eat it off the? Uh, sure, you can. Here, hammer. Get me a get a picture yes. here real quick. I'm just going to eat this sucker right off. I mean, that looks like a big Fred Flintstone style piece of meat on the bone, mm. man. That's so awesome. And Never had one before. Listening to you mm. eat that sounds like when Mitch McConnell speaks and he's got that saliva <laughs> kind of thing going on. <laughs> do people have to have tickets for this yeah, or can they show them? up or how does it work? Yeah, if you, there, was a, there was an advance tickets that was, uh, uh, um, deadline was last week. Uh, people can pay cash or credit card. And they, and they can park. You got sh It's so big, Hammer, that they, you have shuttles going back and forth, right? Yes, uh, our uh, forum group, forum event group, uh, were gracious enough to let them use the parking lot, mm. and we have four buses that shuttle the guests from the, the forum group to the St. George. And I, I just want to mention something. Uh, Go ahead. Mention whatever front, you want, ma'am. The front uh, pages, uh, we have uh, five big sponsors. Uh, First Internet Bank is one of the sponsors. George Neighborhood Grill. It's on 74th and uh, Benford. Shadley, yeah, Benford yeah, yeah, I love George's. T uh, Tempe uh, CPA. Uh, Canal mm. Pistro in Broderville, I, if you have not been there, uh, it's very good food. And Taff uh, Attorneys at Law. 
These oh, are awesome. our ba big sponsors. Get, get one of these lamb shanks, man. Pass that bad boy over here. Just This is literally a giant piece of lamb on a bone. And, and that's the most popular item, you say? Yes, most popular. And last not least, mm. dessert. Oh, uh, we oh. have we have a s assorted dessert. Oh my gosh! Mm. Right oh, there. What? The what's in there? All kind of stuff. Okay. We have uh, and heroes. Oh, I'm gonna have a hero before I go. <laughs> there's bread. There's hummus. Okay. There's salad. There's a. Uh, the Ziki sauce also. So just help yourselves. Man, just real quick before we let you get out of here, man, just tell about tell us about your journey. I mean, you're from Bethlehem in the West Bank where Jesus was born. You made it over to the, the United States of America. You've been thriving here ever since. What's what's your main gig? Is this the, 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 Do you volunteer to do your uh, – be chair of uh, yes. St. George? And, yes. then, and what do you do for a living? Or are I, you retired? Or what, what, not, what have you been not, doing? Not yet. I'm still working. I'm electrical engineer by – I trade. Okay. I design systems for hospitals all over the country. Right on. Okay, yeah, this so. is a gig that uh, the priest asked me to take over, and I've been doing it since. And tell us a little bit about the church real quick. The church is on uh, 116 in uh, Fishers, Indiana. We have about 250 families, and we've been there almost seven years. Awesome. Well, uh, right. listen, uh, Riyadh, I, we really appreciate it. We're glad you're back. Um, I remember last year you dropped off a bunch of food for us because we couldn't have guests in the building. Uh, and and this year it's full speed ahead. You think you, you big crowd? Think it's going to yes, be? Yes, we're expecting turnout? about six to seven thousand people this uh, this weekend. Huge deal. Awesome. It's a huge. It is crossing huge. our fingers for good weather yes. and everything in between, man. Thank you. Appreciate your invite. Uh, Every year, you're welcome. You're more than welcome, man. Thank you very much. Uh, well, Appreciate well, well, it. Is there a website people can go to? Or yes, like stgfest.org. Stgfest.org. Yes. That is Riyadh. He is the longtime chairman of St. George Fest. Thanks for coming in, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you it. for the invite. Appreciate it very much. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show coming up next to go off the rails. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it. And stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Amory and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Rob Kendall in to go off the rails. We have a defibrillator standing by. <laughs> Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. So the uh, new abortion restrictions kick in today. And basically, it's banned, except for cases of rape, incest, uh, danger to the mother. And then I see the other day that Lindsey Graham, Graham Nasty, Senator Graham, uh, is saying that he wants a national abortion law, which cuts it off at like 15 weeks. I'm sorry. I thought... Like, I'm confused here, and I heard you talking about this on your show yesterday, the Kendall and Casey show. Like, I, I thought the Republicans were all for, you know, states' rights, and this should go back to the states. And now Lindsey Graham wants another, he wants to codify something into uh, federal law again. Well, it was incredibly stupid, selfish, and uninformed, which made it perfect for Lindsey Graham. Uh, he... He uh, he snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, which the Republicans are so good at. You had a day yesterday in which it should have all been about how the Democrats lied, how Biden lied, yeah. about how the economy continues to get worse, about how inflation continues to get worse, because the media, in a rare, random, confused, largely accidental act of journalism, was holding <laughs> them accountable yes. throughout the course of the day. There was no way to spin it, and then you just took the narrative and put it back on something that is not going to come up for a vote. 
You don't have the votes to, to, to get it to the floor, and you just allowed it to be a distraction. And we played the audio earlier of a friend of the show, Jesse Waters, just roasting Graham Nasty, not because there are people that completely disagree with what he wants to do, but the timing of it. The Democrats threw a party the day the numbers came out that were bad. They were literally celebrating a deal that turned out to cause more inflation. <laughs> but then Graham Nasty comes out with this ridiculous statement. And guess what the news media is going to run with now? Every, 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 every statement Republicans running for United States House or Senate makes should be, no matter what question you get asked, about the economy and about inflation. You get asked about Paris, France, you talk about the economy. You get asked about abortion, you talk about the economy. You, now, I guess borders somewhat, but, you know, it's a winner. It's a home run. It's like it's like somebody. Okay, this is what this is the analogy I gave. It's like ha having a somebody hand you the ball right under the basket, and all you have to do is just lay it up. There's no defenders around you, and you say, "No, no, no! I'm going to dribble back out to the three point line and fire away." <laughs> Unless your name is Larry Bird or Pete Maravich, bad move. So what do you think? I mean, like, do you? Because I, I I was all in on you know you know states getting to decide this. It was a bad constitutional law to begin with. It got overturned. And even Ruth Bader Ginsburg at one point said, yeah, I don't know about Roe v. Wade. The the Republicans are all in on, you know, oh, it needs to go back to the states. And now they turn around and say, well, on second thought, what do you what should it be? Well, it, no, they had it. The Supreme Court got it 100 percent right. There is no right to an abortion, and the enumerated powers clause is these powers not delegated to the federal government or delegated to the states. You guys can look far and wide. You're not going to see abortion in there for any of it. It's a states' rights issue, and why you would, as a United States senator or, a, or someone running for Senate or Congress or whatever, not allow someone else to take the slings and arrows for you. Like, it's just, it's just beyond me. It's just another reason I loathe the Republican Party the way I do. It was decided perfectly. It was in the hands of the people it should be in the hands of. It is a non-winner for you on the campaign. And Lindsey Graham says, look at me, look at me, because he's, a, he's just a selfish, generally uninformed person. So what is this going to mean for midterm elections or even Indiana in the midterm elections? Because last Friday, Nigel, you were out, but Abdul and I had a pretty spirited back and forth. I maintain that this abortion story, specifically here in Indiana, isn't as big of a deal as a lot of people think. And the it's numbers still, show it. Right. It's still about the economy, the economy, yeah. the economy, and then Honestly, a couple other things before abortion even comes into the mix. Abdul fought with me, disagreed. Where are you, Ab uh, Rob? Well, and you know I love Abdul, but the problem with Abdul is he, in his group of people, in the Indianapolis political chatter, which I'm not insulting him by saying that. The establishment, the right, elitist. He, he owns that. Kinds. That's who he hangs out with. You know, he's an Indianapolis-based, you know, broadcaster, author, attorney. It is a big deal, but that's not the entire state of Indiana. Clearly, I'm going to guarantee you that right now in Reelsville, Indiana, there are not people walking around with pitchforks vowing to get even for abortion restrictions. <laughs> it's not happening. Hello to all our friends in Reelsville, by the way. It's lovely this time of year. It, it, it's not. It is the economy, which is why the Republicans, whether you're, you know, 
it's going to be hard for Todd Young to run on the economy since he helped create the problem. But for most Republicans, other than the Duke of Spendingburg, you should not get off the economy. It's the economy. It's inflation. No matter what you get asked, do not you define your opponent. You don't allow them to define you, and you have a home run issue. And Lindsey Graham kind of brought it all back into the spotlight unnecessarily yesterday with this idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are some Democrats, even in the state, that they're happy about what's happening economically. Who's that one loser that's going to lose by about 85% to Jim Banks? I think you're talking about Greg Gary Snyder. Snyder, Gary <laughs> Snyder, whatever it is. He's going to get his ass whooped. It's going to be one of the great beatdowns of <laughs> any election across the United States. And he's kind of a troll on social media. He was retweeting a Klain today because Klain was doing a victory lap on the gas prices. You, The problem the Democrats have, and this is why the Republicans keep letting them off the hook, you know, they are who we thought they were sort of thing, is that no matter what number or gobbledygook you throw out, it doesn't change people's real life. That's why the economy is always the most important issue, because you can't spin your way out of it. St food is 13.5% more, more expensive than it was a year ago. 13.5%! <laughs> but if you're plain, you're the guy that's, you know, Geppetto to <laughs> Joe Biden's Pinocchio. You're pulling the strings on him to make it look like he's actually a real boy. Are you doing a victory lap on the gas prices? Does he honestly feel like people are going to say, oh, thank you for lowering the prices, even though you jacked it up substantially higher. Well, and this is where the party in power generally, especially when they control everything, tries to localize midterm elections. That's why the Republicans are letting them off the hook when they keep having the abortion conversation. One, it's not a national issue. Stay out of it. Two, you're not going to bring it up for a vote anyway. Economy is localizing the election. You know, Main Street is localizing the election, and Main Street in the economy sucks. That is all Republicans should be talking about. And then let's, okay, so let's stick to the economy. A couple of days ago, Joe Biden throws that party. That The, the optics of the administration throwing this big party, celebrating four weeks into the uh, inflation reduction bill, and have James Taylor playing live <laughs> outside the White House. Everybody is uh, doing a big dance. Meanwhile, those numbers come out, and inflation has gotten worse, and the stock market tanks. What did you think uh, about the Democrats, Joe Biden specifically, going and, and moving ahead with that party? They're trying to gaslight us. Well, right? but of course they're, but I expect that from them. And, you know, Hammer, you know, Nigel, we've talked about this for years. Why am I the way that I am to the Republicans? People will say, well, he's meaner to the Republicans than the Democrats, because I expect it from them. They're pathological liars. They're, they, they love big government. They love big spending. They love inflation. They're socialists. I get it. The Republicans promise to be different. And the problem right now is that the Republicans, there was a poll that came out that something like 56% of Americans say the Republicans, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, they lack an identity in the sense of they lack a party platform. They lack a vote for us and we'll do this. Can you tell me if you elect Republicans right now, what's going to change next year? a good question. I'm hoping it has something to do with the border. And I want to get your thoughts on what we're seeing from Governor Abbott and Governor Ooh, DeSantis yeah. loading up the folks that are going perfectly willing to Martha's <laughs> Vineyard and Kamala's house in D.C. So I want you to think about that. I want to get your thoughts when we come back from this, okay? Let's do it. We're going off the rails with Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Going 
off the rails with Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Rob is here. Uh, big headlines. It's a huge story how uh, DeSantis sent a busload of illegal immigrants. A plane. Uh, yeah, he put them on a, a plane planes. and dropped them off on Martha's Vineyard. I think uh, a busload has been dropped off in front of Kamala Harris' residence. <laughs> She's got a big wall they can't get in. Um, I'm wondering what you think of this. I don't know if you call it a strategy or, I mean, a, a taste of their own medicine. Dropping them off in these sanctuary places, and now the the high class elitist liberals are freaking out. I love it. There was a meme that came out today that was perfect. It was entitled "People at Martha's Vineyard." It is the meme of Homer Simpson coming out of the hedges with the <laughs> sign, and it's got all the liberal sayings on it: "Love your neighbor, love each other, justice, equality," and then slowly backing into the hedge, and then coming out with a whatever it was no entrance or surveillance camera sign because it's absolutely perfect. These people are total hypocrites. We've seen it in Washington, D.C. We've seen it in New York. We've seen it in Chicago. Lori Lightfoot took them in Chicago and dumped them in a neighboring city. I thought that they were sanctuary yes. cities. That's the whole point of saying we're a sanctuary city. It's not just the virtue signaling. Okay, don't threaten us with a good time. You're a sanctuary city. Here's a bunch of folks that need sanctions. I love this. <laughs> There's a bunch of folks that need sanctions. I love this. I love every part of it. They should do it in Seattle. They should do it in Portland. They should do it. Uh, but Robert, they're being used as political pawns. This is human trafficking. Oh, oh, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> They're being used as human bonds. Two million people. Two million people! Yeah. <laughs> illegally crossed the border this year. And now we're concerned because they ended up in Washington, D.C. The fact that uh, that Florida <laughs> loaded them up on a plane and sent them to Martha's Vineyard. And the leftists are complaining about it. They took an air-conditioned flight to one of the most premium vacation towns in all of America. And the left is upset that they're not sitting in a jail cell somewhere. We're down in Texas. They flew better than I did on my honeymoon. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. To a sanctuary city. <laughs> yeah. And no offense, I know you love Vegas, but Martha's Vineyard sounds way better than Las Vegas. And they're not being forced to get on these planes either. They're signing waivers. They want to go. And there's footage of a uh, Fox News correspondent asking these guys, hey, look, uh, you know, Kamala Harris yesterday said the border was secure. Is it secure? No, wide open. <laughs> the guy's like, no, no, it's an open border action. And they are happy to be here. And God love them. I mean, I, if I was living in Venezuela or some other s-hole country, I'd want to be here too, Rob. It, they, the people coming here are legally are not to blame. The people to blame are the people running this country who refuse to secure the border. If someone tells you do drop in and it's a better life for you and your family, the average person, the majority of people would absolutely do it. It is the people who make the rules and the laws in this country that are to blame. Are you ready for some TV this Sunday? Yeah, Rob? let's do it. Are you guys doing the uh, the Indiana bets together on Sunday? Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. I'm going to tell that audience to bet over on Justin Fields for 500 yards <laughs> against the Green Bay Packers. Let's go. So my normal co-host, Scott Long, has to go do uh, comedy stuff. So Sunday for the NFL show, uh, Pinch Hitting is the representative of Brownsburg. Here. Right on. And Hammer said, whatever I do, do not wear a suit and tie he screamed at me last time for trying to look nice on television i went to i went to my nearest clothing store and picked out the phil sanchez collection and i got yelled at we're drinking tequila we're eating food on the show you come up looking like you just came from the funeral of the queen <laughs> 
relax a little bit. So I, so, so I told Hammer, I've got my This Guy Pees Sitting Down t-shirt yeah, ready to go. That. I want you to wear that. You, you need to break that out again. Would not be the first time that shirt's been a part of Wish TV programming. What's the line for the Colts uh, this week down in Jacksonville? Down to three and a half. Oh, now. wow. Really? Colts are a three and a half point road favorite at Jacksonville. Now, I just saw earlier our pal Dan Dockage tweet out, could this be Frank Reich's last game? It, okay, and I'm like, well, I mean, it's not an outrageous question to put out there, actually, is it? Question for you guys, because you're Hoosier lifers like me. Yeah. And I asked Dan this the other day. I saw him in the lobby. Does it make me a bad Hoosier that when the game is close for the Colts, I want them to win as a Hoosier, but there's part of me that goes, wow, Dockage's show will be really good on Monday if they don't win this game. <laughs> it's going to be off the rails. <laughs> Speaking of which, you are off the rails. Thank What's you. coming up on your big show tomorrow? Well, we're going to dive into what in the world is going on with this economy. I think we are at a lot worse position than even we know. Oh, we'll boy. see what happens. Man, that's the second time this week we've heard that. Brian Baker told that's us right. the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what are the... What was the term they used a couple of years ago? The winter of death? Winter uh, of doom, winter, winter of death, yeah. Right, they were talking COVID, about yeah. COVID back then, but now in terms of some of these electrical costs and <laughs> the price of natural gas this winter, get ready, pal. You're in get for a problem. problem. <laughs> Rob, thank you. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.